And now, folks, on the show, I have an Irish lad teaching Irish history. He runs one of the largest Irish historical social media channels in the world. Davy Holden, you're very welcome to Ireland Calls. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Davy, tell us, what county do you come from? I come from the southeast of Ireland in County Kilkenny. I'm actually in, from South Kilkenny. I'm just on the border of Waterford and Kilkenny, a parish called Mulnavat. Oh, Mulnavat itself. Wow. And tell us, what prompted you to get interested in Irish history? So I've always had an interest in Irish history from a young age. And then I think my dad definitely influenced me a lot. My dad always had an interest in history. And he'd tell me stories when I was young of, different events and different people throughout Irish history. And then that definitely had a big effect on me. And when I started learning Irish history in secondary school, I just took to it and I absolutely loved it. And I loved history in general, but especially the Irish history stood out to me. And what I learned at school was absolutely great, but I always wanted to know more. So kind of after school, I started buying books and listening to different podcasts and all that sort of stuff. And it just kind of took off from there, I suppose. Yeah, you have beautiful videos up on Irish history on your Instagram page. Oh, my goodness. They're absolutely fantastic. How do you create them? Where do you get that information? It's fantastic. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, so funnily enough, how I got into creating videos was one of my biggest hobbies for the past few years has been video production. So I shoot a lot of live concerts and gigs and music videos and that kind of thing. So I kind of amalgamated two of my favourite hobbies together, so video production and Irish history. And I said, right, I'm going to put them two things together. I'm going to start creating Irish history videos. And as soon as I did that, it started to take off pretty fast because I don't think there was a huge amount of people doing it on social media. And it took off really in the first couple of months. It got pretty big. I got about got about 100,000 followers, I think, in the first six months or so. So it really took off from the start. Now I've just become obsessed with it and I love creating videos on Irish history and a lot of the information I get is I suppose that my sources would be books podcasts the internet all that kind of thing really yeah a few different sources did you ever think of um getting putting those videos out to schools and colleges because they're absolutely so educational for people it would be a great way for them to study absolutely yeah I've never actually thought about it to be perfectly honest with you I'm just uh uploading on social media I upload about about six times a week, so probably about six days a week, I'd upload a video. And it's been going great since I started. After getting a few great opportunities out, of, opportunities out of that as well, I'm actually going to America this summer to do some Irish history workshops. I can't wait for that. Wow. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, I might get into the college scene if I can. That would be fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and this summer, going to America, where are you going to be going? So our, our listeners might know and they'll catch, catch your workshop. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to catch me in America this summer, the first week of August, I'll be at Iowa Irish Fest in Waterloo. And, you know, I find over the years that Irish Americans, they really know a lot about, the ones that are interested, know a lot about their uh, their heritage, their Irish history and their culture. Absolutely. And they are a massive part of Irish history because one of the main, I suppose, goals I had with starting the Irish History Channel was Make sure that Irish history isn't forgotten about with my generation and the generation below me, you know, because there's so many distractions now with social media in general. I was like, right, if I just start uploading these videos on social media, you know, people might enjoy them. Because when you look at nowadays, if you're looking at who's keeping Irish history alive, if you went to any Irish history tour in Ireland, right, the 99% demographic on that tour is 
people with Irish heritage that don't like don't live in Ireland, you know. So they definitely don't get enough, um, definitely don't get the credit they deserve, you know, in fairness, because they're playing a massive part in keeping Irish history alive nowadays. Absolutely huge. They do indeed. When you're young, usually young people don't worry about it. But when you get and have your own children, you start to look, trace your roots, trace your history, and then they, it just inspires you to keep going. I must say, you're absolutely fantastic on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, so my Instagram handle is Davy Holden. So it's just my name, D-A-V-Y-H-O-L-D-E-N. Yeah, so every, anyone listening all over the world, get on to Davy. If you're interested in Irish history, get on to Davy Holden. Look at it. It's absolutely fantastic. I have to compliment you again, and it's just, it's just, it's just a fantastic. And you also now have an e-book. Tell us. That's correct, yes. Yeah, I actually released my first ever e-book just last week. Um, the book basically breaks down the history behind some of Ireland's best rebel songs or folk songs. It goes all the way back to songs from the 1700s and goes all the way up to the late 1900s. You know, because these songs have stood the test of time. You know, even in Ireland today, we're singing songs that are three centuries old, you know. <laughs> like, there's a reason that these songs have stood the test of time. They're incredible songs with incredible lyrics, and they're written about real-life events that took place in Ireland throughout history, you know. They've withstood the test of time because of the importance of the stories that them songs tell. Yes, and, and way back in history in Ireland, they, when the English uh, were had England, or had Ireland, so to speak, uh, the Irish used by songs. They used to sing in Gaelic and, and pass along the, the message in Gaelic. We're still doing it through the songs, really. Absolutely, yeah. And then in the 1800s, you kind of had songs that would be a blend of the Irish and the English language. You know, they're usually called macaronic songs. So if you look at a song like Shula Rune, for example, it has a mix of the Irish language and the English language. And that started to become popular, I suppose, in or around the 1800s as the English language became a bit more common and that kind of thing, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, so on social media, again, people can get you on Davy Holden. That's correct, yeah, Davy Holden. You can get me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook or YouTube, that Davy Holden. And tell us, what is your opinion on the most Irish island besides Ireland? The most Irish island in the world besides Ireland, I would have to say Newfoundland in Canada. So Newfoundland is the eastmost province in Canada, and there is an incredible backstory to Newfoundland, and I think a lot of Irish people don't even know it. So back in the late 1700s and early 1800s, a lot of Irish people, from, specifically from the southeast of Ireland, emigrated to Newfoundland for cod fishing, right? Yeah. And by 1830, 50% of the population of Newfoundland was Irish-born people. 50%. And they were Irish-born. Oh. It wasn't necessarily with Irish ancestries. were actually people that had just moved there in recent years. It's an absolutely incredible island. Even to this day, if you go to certain parts of Newfoundland, specifically the Avalon Peninsula, people still have like the Irish accent, which is absolutely... Incredible. After all these years, all these centuries, they still keep the Irish accent. It's amazing. And they speak Gaelic. They do indeed, yeah. yeah. Especially around the Irish loop. It wouldn't be too uncommon to find someone speaking off Gaelga. Yes. And um, you have a lovely um, uh, podcast yourself up there, um, on Instagram, I mean, uh, about it, uh, if people want to go on and check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. There's a guy up there talking about his father uh, being from Ireland. Do you think he was from Mayo? 
Absolutely, yeah. I think if you met that lad now and you were talking to him and he told you he wasn't from Ireland, he lived in Canada, there's not a chance you'd believe him. No, <laughs> not a chance. Unbelievable. It's just genes are unbelievable, aren't they? DNA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Irish songs, there are so many, as you know. What's your favourite Irish song? My favourite Irish song, I think... For the story behind it, I would have to say Oroche de Bahawalia. I think it's a really interesting song. It has an unusual history. Funnily enough, that song is about 300 years old, roughly. We don't know exactly when it was written, but it dates back to around the Jacobite Rebellion in the 1700s. And funnily enough, with that song, the song that we sing today, the version of Oroche de Bahawalia, isn't actually the original version. It has the same choruses as the original version, but the the verses have been kind of edited slightly, and they were edited by Patrick Pierce, or Quarrick Martin Pierce, okay. who was one of the revolutionary leaders of the 1916 Easter Rising. Yes. He actually changed around some of the verses in the early 1900s to kind of emphasize the Irishness of the people in the, in the song, and he wanted to inspire Irish rebels, I suppose, to fight for Ireland, and he used that song to do that. And that, that song goes all the way back to the 1916 Easter Rising, the War of Independence, even the Civil War. I think it's just, the history behind that song is absolutely incredible. I'd have to say that's probably my favourite. You must do an awful lot of research. I do indeed, yeah. But I really enjoy it because uh, I'm actually a musician myself as well, so that's where the music side of it comes ah. to. I think learning, you can learn so much Irish history just from learning about an old Irish song. Because, like, you know, these old Irish folk songs, they're written to tell stories, you know, and they're written about specific true events in Irish history, so... If you picked any old Irish folk song, it's going to tell you about a certain year in Ireland, and it's just so interesting. Who is your top most famous Irish person in history or in music? Uh, which one or both? My favourite person in history, I would have to say the person that interests me the most would probably be Tom Barry, who's a Terry man, who was uh, fighting in the War of Independence. He led um, the 3rd Brigade of the IRA in Cork. He's a uh, phenomenal character he actually wrote a great book called Gorilla Days in Ireland he'd probably be a person that I've most interested in during that period and what is your favourite period of Irish history you cover from way way back the 1600s is it or 1700s to 1960s I do yeah I go, I go back to the 1798 rebellion and I go all the way up to the late 1900s so I kind of try to cover as much as I possibly can I try to cover a bit of the famine as well and that you know really important events in Irish history. So, yeah, yes. I try to get in as much as I possibly can, yeah. Did you ever think of putting out a book about everything you've covered? I'm actually currently working on a course to cover everything. So what the course will be, this time it's going to be a video course, right? And it's going to start at the 1798 Rebellion and go all the way up, you know, 1960 Easter Rising, War of Independence, Civil War, into the Troubles. And I'll be covering everything in between, like the famine, Famine rebellions, you know, the Fenian risings, I'll be covering everything. It's going to take a long while, a long time to make, but I can't wait till it's finished. Wow, there's a lot to cover there, and it's so interesting. The famine, a lot of people would know more out in America about the famine than they would about anything else because when they're going back to their ancestors and their roots, uh, a lot of them came, and of course their names were changed too, weren't they? Coming over from Ireland to America there, to Ellis Island that time. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was the most mass emigration in Irish history, you know, and a majority of people of whom went to America, you know, that's why we have so many 
relations and brothers and sisters and cousins from the States. You know, I even have family myself in America, in uh, Lexington. Oh. Yeah, no, that was a huge part of Irish history, yeah, especially for America as well, yeah. Yes, and, and, and now being that um, the COVID is kind of over, really, people are coming back to Ireland again. Do you, do you meet, uh, see a lot of tourists around? I've seen a lot, yeah, and it's absolutely brilliant because um, in Purple Kenny, which is, you know, it's a touristy town, there's a lot of attractions here, and I'm constantly running into you know, American tourists on their holidays going to the ground, doing all the history tours. It's absolutely brilliant to see. I love to see it because, yeah, it's, you know, it was tough during COVID, like, this was especially in Ireland, you have so much to offer in terms of history, and, and the tours all shut down and all that kind of thing is just so upsetting to see, but now it's brilliant that it's back. You know, when people are coming back over here and discovering the country, it's absolutely great. You said that people from other countries are keeping the Irish history really alive more than the Irish themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Because even, like, that's what I was saying, kind of, like, the objective or the goal, nearly, of my channel from the start was, like, to kind of mitigate the, the chance of Irish history being forgotten about with, you know, my generation or generations below me. Because there's so many distractions now with social media that I think it's, it's easier to forget about these stories, you know, and as the generations goes on, we're kind of getting further and further away from the people that actually lived through this. Even though it wasn't a long time ago, a lot of the history I cover is only 100 years old. But even still, we're getting further and further away from that all the time. And that kind of worries me a bit. So that's where I got the idea for creating the Irish history videos. I'm thinking, right, this is easy, digestible, 60-second videos. People might enjoy it. And, you know, if you looked at, like, any Irish history tour in Ireland, like the 99% demographic of that tour is going to be, you know, people from other countries. A lot of them would have Irish heritage. You know, they really are keeping the Irish history scene alive. And that is so, so important. Yes, and isn't it great in Ireland that they did the Titanic up in Belfast and down in Cove? They have the exhibits for people to come. It's fascinating. People go in there, look up their names and learn about it and see the coffin ships. Fantastic, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant, yeah, absolutely brilliant, because it's just, there's so many parts of Irish history that are absolutely huge, there's so much to cover that it's easy to forget about, like, certain events that were actually really significant and really big, you know, there's just just an endless, endless list of things to study, Um it's a, it's a lifetime work of stuff to learn, you know, in Irish history. It is. I, I have to commend you on keeping it alive and through Instagram and through your social media, again, uh, what is it? Uh, so it's Davy Holden. So it's just D A V Y H O L D E N, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube. And of course, you'd you'd love people to reach out to you. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to hear from people. If you want to drop me a message on Instagram, I'd absolutely love that. And tell me where you're from, and tell me your ancestry and where your ancestors came from. If you're not from Ireland originally, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. And there's a lot of traditions, and I have one here um, <laughs> that I love in Ireland, and I tell people about it, uh, the pumpkin. They use pumpkin now here for Halloween. They carve, carve out the pumpkin. Uh, and in Ireland, that, that tradition started, didn't it? It did, did, yeah. yeah. It has the Irish name and everything, Sowen. Yeah. Another part, which is another <laughs> part of Irish history, which is huge. You know, there's so many big things, because even if you looked at Halloween, originally an Irish tradition, and then... St. Patrick's Day, one of the biggest festivals in the entire world now, an Irish tradition, you know. We have, we've had such a huge influence on the world. We really did. We turned them around. When, when, when people came to New York or anywhere, first they wrote up, no Irish need apply. We, we turned that around. 
we turned that around for sure, yeah. And now we're all best friends, thank God. Well, yes, and that's the way it should be. I love Christmas traditions. Tell us, have, have you an idea about Christmas traditions? Christmas traditions. The candle so on the window. Old, yeah. Yeah, there's a few old Irish Christmas traditions, like the candle on the window, for example. I think a lot of people even still do that to this day, which is fantastic. And then you had Women's Christmas. Did you ever hear of the Women's Christmas? Yes, the Little Women's Christmas. Yeah. Tell tell people about that. A lot of people here don't know about that. Yes, yeah, so the Women's Christmas. So women obviously do a lot of the work when it comes to Christmas. They're absolutely flat out working in the kitchen and feeding everyone throughout the Christmas. So in the first week of January, there's an old tradition called Women's Christmas, where the women would get the weekend off and the men would go into the kitchen and do all the work and feed the family for the weekend and the women would go out to enjoy themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's something we need to bring back, Tracy, I think. I think we do. I think we do because <laughs> I, 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 won't say, <laughs> I won't say no to it for sure, Davy. Is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners all over the world about anything you find interesting? I mean, lots, you find everything interesting, but is there anything that you want to talk about? So, yeah, I suppose like my main point of interest, I suppose, is Irish music. I think it's a huge one. So if you go back, if you want to have a really, really interesting time to yourself, go back and read about an old Irish folk song from 1700s, 1800s, even 1900s. Every single one of these songs tells an incredible story about a person in Irish history or an event or a time in Irish history. Like, just to give you some examples, if you went and back and looked at the Foggy Dew, for example, or Oroche de Bahawalia, or Aron Naveen, Ireland's national anthem. Yes. If you went back and looked through the history of these songs, they're absolutely incredible. And it's probably, it's probably just why they stood the test of time. You know, these songs are still as big now as they ever were a century later, two centuries, three centuries later. I think that's a really important thing to know. Who would you think is, your, is the most unspoken about Irish hero? most unspoken about Irish hero that it can be forgotten about at times. I would have to say Padder Carney oh, yes. probably doesn't That's get right. the credit he deserves. Padder Carney has written some incredible songs. He wrote the Soldier Song, which is now referred to as Aaron Veen, Ireland's national anthem. And he also wrote one of my favourite songs of all time, which is Down by the Glenside. It's an absolutely wonderful song. Oh my goodness! And, I, and you know, Paddy Carney, I always put him up when I when I talk about him in any of the ads I take for county dances. I put in um, the soldier song because uh, he is kind of indirectly related to me. My uncle was married to his niece, <laughs> May Carney. No way, really. Yeah. So Paddy Carney, yeah, definitely. People, a lot of people, yeah. You're right. People don't give him the credit he deserves at all. And he wrote this, the Oran Naveen, like you said, in English, and they converted it to Irish now. Yeah, they surely did. And uh, Patrick Carney was also a relation of the Behans, Dominic and Brendan Behan. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, my goodness. I have an uncle down there in Tallow in County Waterford, and he used to tell me, because they're all, all my family on the Waterford side are musicians, and it must be coming from the Behan's side. They'd be telling me all about the Behan's. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. the stories. Love the stories. It's fascinating. History is, we can't, I mean, it's great to know where we came from, where our roots were, and, and about ourselves. It's, it's fascinating, because it helps you to move forward positively and understand things, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And the beautiful thing about Irish music is the stories link up to each other in some fascinating ways as well, which is great. Any messages for our listeners all over the world? Uh, just thanks so much for listening. If you want to reach out to me and send me a message, you'll get me on Instagram, 
at Davy Holden. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear where you're from, where your ancestors were from, and maybe we can have a little chat about Irish history or Irish music. Davy, thank you very much for taking time out to chat to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Thank you for taking time out. And continued success to you. You're doing an absolutely fantastic job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Patricia, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to chat with you. I love what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you.